Hello and welcome to the Weird Geeks Movie Channel and our Star Wars Retrospective Podcast, where every Wednesday and every Saturday we'll be covering a new installment in the classic franchise. Warning, this podcast contains strong language and spoilers throughout. Go to weirdgeeks.com to check out our other podcast series, Twitch streams, contact details, and news on our very own feature films that are currently in production through our publisher, We Are Tessellate. Weird Geeks is not affiliated with any of the rights holders of the films referenced, and no infringement is intended. Geeks! 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 Why do I always go last? I don't know. <laughs> you know your place, Christina. God Hello dang and welcome it. back to the We Are Geek Star Wars Retrospective Podcast, where every single, well, twice a week, we are going through an episode in 10 theatrical Star Wars films in the lead up to The Last Jedi this December 2017. I'm your host, Mr. Al White. No, that's my social media. I'm your host, Al White. And joining me on this journey, Alexander Chard. Mr. Alexander Chard. Hello. Yes. Mr. And Christina Masterson, hello. <laughs> oh, like it. You know, when you're young in the UK, they call you master. That's what I like. Master Christina cool, Masterson. Thank you. When I was young, well, not if you're a girl. If you're a girl. Do you, is there an equivalent if you're a girl? Well, who cares? I'm Ms. a master. Shut up. <laughs> I remember missing it when I was young and they'd be called, oh, Master Alex White. And then at some point you lose that mantle. They strip it from you. What do they call the girls? That's, I'm so curious now. I don't know. I don't know. I, I don't. I fear there's not an equivalent. Like Lord and Lady, there is, but I fear it's Master and Masterus. Miss? <laughs> no, it's just Miss. Oh, that's just nice. Miss. Thanks. Because you graduate from <laughs> Miss welcome. to Mrs. Well, that's yeah, when you get married. Mr. Yeah, I guess when we get married, it just stays Mister. Mister. I don't know. That seems and nothing unfair. changes when we get married. We're just Mister the whole time unfair it's a sexist world in yeah. so many ways we're talking about attack of the clones it came out may the 12th in 2002 do you want to know okay guys the imdb rating on this film do you want to guess does it go up or down since last week's uh, i'm gonna guess down yeah down okay. 6.5 last week this week goes up 6.6 oh ever so cool. slightly better in the public and critical consciousness than The Phantom Menace. Budget, $115 million, or so some people say $120 million, The same amount, pretty much, as the last movie. Box office, $650 million. So, quite a drop from the billion that The Phantom Menace made. This made substantially less. Almost half as much, actually. Directed, though, by George Lucas again. Written this time, not just by George Lucas, by a guy called Jonathan Hales. Now, Jonathan Hales... I'd worked with George Lucas and Spielberg on The Young Adventures of Indiana Jones. And he also came up with the story for the third mummy film, The Scorpion King. <laughs> oh, God. So we're talking some serious, serious credibility here. <laughs> Starring all of the people from the last film with a few changes. We do now have the addition of Christopher Lee as Count Dooku or Darth. How do you like to call it, Alex? Tyranus. Tyranus, yep. <laughs> <laughs> and we also have one omission, but I'll get to that later on. And then joining us, I'm trying to find his name. Was that guy I love from The West Wing? Yeah, I'll get to him later. I'll Martin Sheen. Nope. <laughs> nope. Oh, Martin Sheen. Jimmy Smits. 
as Bale Organa. Yep. There we go. There we go. Otherwise, pretty much the same. Yeah, so the omission here is Terence Stamp, who was Chancellor Valorum in Phantom Menace. He refused to return, stating, actors prefer to work with actors. Oh! That was his reason. Ouch! <laughs> wow. The film was shot on the same stages as would later... Well, sorry, as were just used for Moulin Rouge. So Ewan McGregor didn't even need to pack a suitcase. He just <laughs> could stay in one place. Fox Studios Australia. Yeah, yeah. And this was the first major motion picture to be shot on digital instead of film. Mm. And here's a little, little information about it. The production draft for this movie was completed less than a week before commencement of principal photography. Hales worked with Lucas on costumes, which were designed and sets were constructive. But the producer Rick McCallum recalls, at that stage, Attack of the Clones felt like a virtual film because we got the script only three days before we started shooting. Wow. We had to build these sets to a script that did not exist. Which is very telling of the way Jules Lucas is choosing to make these movies now. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, so this is, I've seen this film maybe a couple of times. I saw it in cinemas when it came out. I remember at that point I was in college in 2002, art school, and we were going, a lot of film fans, a lot of filmmakers, and we were going to films together and critiquing them afterwards. I remember a lot of my friends loved this movie. A lot of my friends thought this was much, much better than the previous one. I'll be are honest. Still, are you still friends with them? <laughs> no, I'm not. Actually. I'll be honest. I don't really remember, but I do remember everyone had a different opinion. Like everyone was one or the other kind of thing. And I think a lot of the reason people liked this movie was for the ending, which we will get to. I hadn't returned to this film in a long time, probably since 2004, I would say 2005. So at least 10 years, over 10 years. Christina, this is another one you've never seen. Mm-hmm. Yes. And Alex, when was the last time you watched The Attack of the Clones? This is probably the one I've seen the least out of all the Star Wars releases. I think I've already seen Rogue One and Force Awakens more than I have this film. I did go to okay. the, the opening night at the theater with my friend Nick Cook. Who I've, I've heard of this Nick. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Nick and I went to the premiere. I feel like I know him. Yeah. I'm going to Facebook friend him. And actually, I think Nick is going to be here in LA and we're going to go see Last Jedi together. <laughs> no way. He yeah. has to make an appearance on our last episode. Um, he has to. <laughs> so, yeah, I went and saw it with him. And to be honest, a little like you, Al, I sort of have no... It's funny, even coming watching it recently, I had no recollection of how I felt going into it. Like with The Phantom Menace, I suddenly was transported back to that same excitement, which I talked about in the last podcast with mm. this one. Nothing. Like it triggered nothing. <laughs> like no sense. I remember yeah. other people's opinions more than my own with this yeah. movie. Like it's weird. And going in to watch it, other than trepidation, just because I hadn't enjoyed Phantom Menace much recently, I genuinely didn't know how I was going to be feeling. Like normally I go in, you know, pretty sure of I know how I'm going to feel about this film. And I just couldn't remember at all. Yeah. I couldn't remember. Same, same. But here we are. So, actually, how is the... What's the runtime on this? 142 minutes. So, even longer. Yeah, the it longest was so Star Wars long. film. <laughs> longest Star Wars film ever made <laughs> at this point. Ooh. Yeah. Okay. I don't see any reason. Oh, actually, no. Preamble. What am I talking about? Christina. Yes. The highlight of the show. Top 20 films, please, of the year 2002, so we can get some idea of what was happening in this post. And it is important. We joke a lot, but it's very important. And when we're doing the Texas films, you could see in the top 20 films of the year what had happened after 9-11. Now, this is 2002, so it's not actually long enough for a production cycle to happen. 
So these will be movies that are largely unaffected by 9-11. But if people went to see them or not, would be affected. So lead us through from number 20 okay. to the number one film. Number 20, Mr. Deeds. Is that an Adam Sandler movie? Or? Terrible. <laughs> I don't know what it is. Number 19, Sweet Home Alabama. Reese with the Spoon. Great song. Bad movie. I loved it. <laughs> sure. <laughs> Number 18, <gasps> The Ring. That was good. Oh, the remake. Oh, Great that's remake. the One remake. Of my favorite. Yeah, okay. I enjoyed yeah, that. Yeah, the American remake. You mean the, the American, the first American mm-hmm. one, right? Okay. Yeah, yeah. Number 17, Minority Report. Eh, I don't know. Tom Cruise. Never watched yeah. it. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was yeah, at yeah. the time. I don't, I don't really care since. Yeah. Number 16, The Santa Claus 2. Mm. Oh, no, two. I don't know. Tim yeah. Allen. No, I was, I was, oh, Tim Allen, nah. yeah. Okay. Number not 15, a, Tim XXX. What's that? Vin Diesel. Oh, that's Triple X. Triple X. Vin Diesel. Whoa. That's the one that he came back to reprise for part three of recently. Mm. When he was skiing through forests. <laughs> and I mean with no snow, like literally on the bark of the trunks. <laughs> What a guy. What a guy. Number 14, Lilo and Stitch. My favorite animated Disney movie. Oh, really? I haven't seen it yet. Yeah, neither have I. What? Yeah. What? (laughs) Is that one of the characters? (laughs) I, oh God. So I must seem really weird around you guys because I'm constantly doing Stitch voice (laughs) to stuff. Like all the time. No. And me and Ali do it a lot as well. Oh, uh, okay. So that's been, I've just been seeming like a weirdo for many. many Can you give us I'll a bit of a flavor it. of that Don't quickly? Worry, yeah. It's so good. It's so good. Number 13, Scooby Doo. <laughs> Matthew Lillard. <laughs> Number 12, We're gonna need some die. Scooby snacks. <laughs> die Another Day. Bond. Die, oh, I okay. guess. I was thinking, is that a Die Hard film? Fucking, there's Bond every time. Yeah. Every time. Every time. That's weird. Number 11. Catch me if you can. Ooh, Leo. I like this movie. Yeah, I like that movie too. Spielberg. It wasn't Minority Report Spielberg as well. Did he have two in one year then? Because he directed both of these. Did he? Yeah. <laughs> Think so. <laughs> Number ten, Chicago. Yeah. Eh. That was fun. <laughs> I don't like musicals. And number nine, Ice Age. Yeah, this was good at the time before they just destroyed it with sequels. Yeah. Number eight, First- men. Oh, sorry. Continue, no, Ice no, Age. No, 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 please. No, no, go on. You loved it? Yeah. I no. knew it. <laughs> scrap. Number eight. Oh, scrap boy. Men in Black 2. Meh. Yeah. I liked Men uh, in Black comic book 1, adaptations. Is Men in Black 2 the one with Rosario Dawson, or is she in the first one? I don't even know. I don't know, man. I can't remember. <laughs> Number seven, Austin Powers in Gold Member. There you go. There you go, Alex. That's weird, the timing all of these. Wait, all of the why there you go, Alex? The <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> you love your gold members. <laughs> Number six. I was about signs. to make a C-3PO joke. What is Ooh, signs? Signs, there we go. The beginning of the you end rip- for M. Night Shyamalan. You fucking bastard. Potentially, yes. Potentially, no. I'd say the Lady in the Water was the beginning of the end for him, but um, signs is great. I love yeah, signs. Yeah, I love signs. It was good. Whacking Phoenix in a non-creepy role. Do you say whacking Phoenix? <laughs> whacking. <Yeah. laughs> How do you say it? Joaquin. Oh, Joaquin. Oh, okay. 
No. Sorry. <laughs> I didn't know I if apologize. it was on. No, I, I thought you did it on purpose as a joke, but you didn't. No, no. Just my weird. <laughs> that was your Lilo upbringing. and Stitch voice. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> Number five, my big fat Greek wedding. That was good. Yeah. I liked Never it. Never seen that. Uh, it's good. Number four, Harry Potter and the Chamber of Secrets. Yeah, still in the bad. They're the bad two Harry Potters. Is that the about first to get one? To the good ones. That's the second one. Philosopher's Stone's the first one. Chamber of Secrets, mm. second one. Yeah. Prisoner of Azkaban's the third one. That's when it gets good. Are you going to do oh, a Harry oh, Potter oh. podcast series? I've had people who want to do that, and I was open to it. From the hell that it has been scheduling doing the Star Wars one and my regular one and the horror ones. I'm making a potential new rule moving forward that we're just doing the horror ones. <laughs> so I don't know <laughs> yeah, if yeah. we'll get to a Harry Potter, but at some point. Maybe. I have the okay. perfect candidate for the Harry Potter franchise if you ever decide to do it. If you, why? Avna Manza-Wallace, friend of ours, based oh, in London. Yes. Super Harry perfect. Potter fan. That's true. That's true. We, we constructed an entire Harry Potter quiz on this podcast just for her. And she did scarily good. <laughs> like she knew exactly what page something was on in wow. the books. It was scary. Okay, number three. Star Wars Episode Two: Attack <gasps> of the Clones. Wait, what? Yeah. What? Yeah. Surely you mean one. number one, this Christina. This is number three. The first Star Wars film not to be the top grossing movie that year. Can't believe it. That is Maybe it's because of what happened three years ago. <laughs> what happened three years ago? You know what happened three years ago. You're not referring to 9-11. You're referring to The Phantom Menace. Yes. <laughs> what was two and one? Because like, maybe that will help clarify. Number two. Oh, yeah. The Lord of the Rings. The Two Towers. That was two. Yeah. How is that not number one? Number one is Spider-Man. Really? Is this the one? Sam Which Raimi's Spider-Man is Spider-Man. this? This is Sam Raimi's Tobey Maguire custom oh, dance. Oh, yeah. I did like that one. The upside down kiss in the, the rain. The upside down kiss, yeah. I like Who that. Who could film. forget? This, but that, but bigger than Lord of the Rings 2 and Star Wars 2? Yeah, totally. Really? Totally. That's crazy. No. That's crazy. No. That's, cr- yeah, no. that's crazy. No. Yeah. No. Alex, ruling. <laughs> Disagree. I can't, there's no way. Sorry, go on, Alex. No, no, I, I am very surprised. I thought, yeah, knowing those top three, I would have put Star Wars, Lord of the Rings, Spider-Man in that order. Yeah, I can totally see Spidey at three, maybe at two, splitting these two, but those two are juggernaut franchises. Like, that's crazy. No, no. <laughs> <That's>, <laughs> yes, they are juggernaut franchises. That's not up for contention. Uh, You're just like, no, no, they're not. Oh, okay. Christina. <laughs> and wait, and you Thanks, said Lord of the Rings, The Two Towers, right? Yeah. Mm. Yeah, so it was already the second one and it still didn't talk. Yeah. What? That's weird. Interesting. Those, yeah, it must be North American numbers, I think. I'll be interested in the worldwide ones. But. All right, Alex, we're going to give a briefer podcast slightly. We'll <laughs> <hopefully>. try. <laughs> the, the last one. So let's begin with what is a very political opening crawl as we head into Attack of the Clones. Yeah, again, I didn't even write down the crawl for this one. So if you've got any points about it. I did. I did. I wrote it down. Politics, politics, politics. That's what I wrote down. That sums it up. And I think that's verbatim. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Just a really big thing. So it fills the kind of paragraph spaces. 
I'm gonna. I know we we like to leave our real feelings about these films until the end of the podcast because we want people, you know, just to be on the journey with us as we go through the highs and lows before we get to our final. But opinion. that's what I, I always want to say it in the beginning. I know you do, <laughs> and I'm gonna try and sim it as much as I can. I might show my hand a few times through this through this review. I this is very fresh for me. I stayed up last night until four in the morning to watch this movie, and got very little sleep, and I'm kind of cranky because of this movie. That's fair enough. And the opening crawl did not help me. The po- the fucking politics they throw at you straight away in this movie was not what I wanted to read. Do you want to well, give us a little recap? Does, does it get better? So, I threw a party. Uh, wait, wait. I threw a party last night. And then after everybody left, I started watching this movie. Oh, really? Oh, my God. Yeah. Were you telling, were you telling <laughs> your friends and as they then, were leaving? Yes. <laughs> and then... I couldn't finish it all the way through in one sitting because it was so long that I had to wake up early this morning and finish it. Wow. <laughs> like at 6 a.m. Oh, my God, Christina. <laughs> <laughs> so we've had similar experiences. Yes, <laughs> same, same. Uh. Oh, boy. Although I didn't get to go to a party. So I, I somehow <laughs> roped in my wife, Bethany, and housemate Carter to watch it with me. Hmm. I think Carter had fallen. They last? As- I think Carter had fallen asleep by the end, towards the end, and Bethany was out. was on the ground, almost asleep, <laughs> <laughs> crying, just crying. <laughs> All right, well, let's get to it because we do start off with something different. Alex, did you notice this, Christina? You, you mean the, the first- CGI ships? Those really bad well, ones. Sort of. Every other Star Wars film is tilted down at the beginning. This is the first to tilt up. Oh, oh yeah, no, I did go. not notice that. <laughs> Yeah, surprisingly, so we, it tilts up onto a big Nubian transport that's landing on Coruscant. As the Queen disembarks off the ship, we see the ship explodes. Padme reveals herself disguised as a guard when she goes to the the wounded Queen, who addresses her as Senator Am- Amidala, and they quickly escape off the platform. Okay, so an immediate thing, Alex, quickly off the bat. She's now Senator Amidala for this entire film. What happened mm-hmm. to Queen Amidala? Well, she so the her term's up, right? That's right. Yeah, we find out later yeah. in the film that Naboo is a like a democratic monarchy, although the, the people of the Naboo wanted to keep her on as queen. She was like, no, that's not democracy, and she gave up her title. And then the current queen asked her to become senator. Right, I just fell asleep in what you're because saying. Because she was much beloved. Right. <sighs> the very first people who speak in this movie, did you notice this? Are two very bored-looking British boys. And I had to rewind it three times. They're like just two regular troops or whatever on Naboo. Oh, on the ship. They just come over just... Yeah, on the ship, sorry. I can't They just say something just completely boring and mundane, like just like whatever. And one of them, I swear to God, he clocks the camera. I like I rewound it three <laughs> times, and this is a little bit. And we're immediately for me, like, just immediately. This very first thing is like, oh, political opening troll. Two just bored-looking British boys. One of them in stupid helmets. One of them, I think, looks at the camera. And I don't know how, because this is three years later, but everything somehow looks worse yep. to me. Totally agree. Everything. Like yeah. it just it's so clear they are shooting everything now on the green screen. And it didn't like I it's it was it looked like a sort of direct to iTunes movie, you know, straight off the bat. So yeah, so then we 
go from there to a meeting with the Chancellor. The Chancellor has a meeting with Jedi <laughs> and he's saying that negotiations won't fail. He asks Master Yoda if he thinks it's going to come to war. But Yoda says the dark side clouds everything and Padme, it's all politics. Padme suspects Count Dooku's behind it, who we find out was once a Jedi and now leads the Separatists. Chancellor suggests that the Senator be put under the protection of the Jedi like an old friend, Master mm. Kenobi. We have no Kira Knightley anymore, but we have, yeah. did you notice, Rose Byrne? Yes, I did notice. I did. Rose Byrne, yeah. She was a very identifiable face now. Yeah, Another I unknown, love, really, at the time. I love her. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Again, room just looks like oh such my bad green God, screen. Oh, my God, man. I have it written down. <laughs> Because like, you remember you in the start? old Souls films we kept remarking on, it's very weird how they open these movies. It tends to be quite quiet. It's just the droids going somewhere. You're not always in on what's happening. You know, it's like these weird openings in the old Star Wars movies. And this one I just have written down, great, we're just starting with politics and bad CGI. That's it. Like, that's the opening to this film. Yeah. And then we're, we meet Obi-Wan and an older, now grown-up Anakin for the first time. Who Played, on their by Hayden Christensen. Played by Hayden Christensen. Immediately, we see Anakin is very nervous and already kind of in conflict with his master, kind of like being a little bit sort of snappy and he's a uh, dick. defiant. Yeah. He's a dick. He's a douche. That's what I wrote down. Well, right. Douche? Why? <laughs> Immediately. What happened? Yeah. Right from the get-go. I'm sorry, I'm sorry, Alex, but I do got to say that at least from the get-go when these two Jedis walk in, at least there's something going on between them compared to that is, the last movie. That is true. You know that is I mean? true. Like, there's but some energy. I think, well, I think Ewan McGregor looks cooler. I like him in this more grown-up sort of, you know, got a beard and yeah. stuff. But he, and I think he's, I think, I do think Ewan is trying more than the yeah, last one. Yeah, he's a lot sure. more like he, there. Yeah, but. I don't like what's happening. No. <laughs> like, An- no. Anakin's just a complete dick oh, straight away. Just a whiny God. teenager. Yes. And he was yeah. such a cute little boy before. How did he turn so mean? And we established like, it's me- been 10 years. Yes. Yes. 10 yes. Years. 10 years. Three years, but 10 years. Like, this is, again, just such poor writing and directing choices in that it's n- this, like, there's no sort of sense or control of revealing kind of Anakin's conflict and those sort of tendencies. It's just like putting it all on the page right away and making Hayden Christensen like play it bratty right off the bat. And it's like, well, of course this is like, it's like, even though we know he's going to become Darth Vader, like, mm-hmm. like reveal it gradually better than yeah. like that gradually give him like one big turning point or one something like he's just i mean the problem is as teenagers are annoying brats and i don't really want to watch them for the most part you know obviously there are exceptions but there's plenty of annoying teenagers like this and for someone who has all this power and isn't getting to use it absolutely i can see him being an annoying teenager so contextually it makes sense i just don't want to watch it i'm <laughs> not interested yeah. in seeing that at all and particularly for for someone so iconic you know for sure. So they're greeted by Jar Jar Binks. Looky, looky. Yeah, who's like, Annie! But is in a much more reduced role oh in this film. God. At this point, you're like, oh my God, Jar Jar's back. But then... But it's okay. Yeah, it's okay. It's okay. It's okay. <laughs> um, yeah, and they meet They meet Senator Amidala 
and then she's like, oh, Anakin, you've grown. And he's like, you've grown more beautiful. And it's just awkward oh. and very <laughs> uncomfortable. So weird, right? Does he, does he not look kind of rapey to begin with? Like, like the way totally. he just stares at her in these first scenes creeps me out. Throughout, I, Beth, Bethany was mentioning that as well as we were watching it. And just she was like, it's super pervy and weird. Yeah, yeah. And it's he's a little like, much. So he's got a, she's in her late 20s and he's a te- late teens. That's kind of so where like it's eighteen, and she's like twenty seven, twenty six, twenty six, twenty seven. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's which it's is just, and just the fine. Way, it's fine, but it's just like not with him. I know. <laughs> Maybe with a grown up eighteen year old, but like there's an immediate. They're immediately pushing the romance between them, which is so weird. If you've just come off the back, like we have a fandom menace where he was this little adorable I know. kid. To suddenly come straight into this, oh, now he's a dick and he's basically trying to just have sex with the queen. Because she was kind of like his mother figure after, you know what I mean? Totally, exactly. And then... Yeah, or like a big sister or just something, there was something nurturing about. Yeah, but it just went into this so, like, too quickly. They should have yeah. grown and it And you've got yeah. music cues for it straight away. There's romantic music that comes in. Yeah. And then the makeup. It's like the makeup and grade immediately is so much. It's so much worse than the last film. Like what everything do you mean the makeup? So over the, yeah. top. the makeup just literally on them, just like film makeup is so over the top and colorful. And then the grade of it's so colorful. Like everything just looks like he's trying to turn it into a cartoon. It's like, oh. yeah, it's, hmm. it's so strange. Yeah. And so we have more moments here of Anakin being defiant like obi-wan's like we're going to protect you and he's like oh we'll find the killer and obi-wan's like no that's not what we're doing and they have this kind of weird little argument and and then after they have that argument about their role anakin then has another sulk about the fact that queen amidala doesn't remember it. oh my god that was <laughs> so Obi-Wan's funny like, no, she, she remembers this she's happy to see us and it's just like and tells him it's to be mindful a- of his feelings and all this and it's just and it's so weird as well because you and McGregor like turns around with a little smile. It's like she does seem happy that we're here, and it's like, what do you? What, why? Why the little wry smile? Why in this weird like nod to your friend? Like, don't worry, you'll probably get some later on in the movie. It's so <laughs> yeah, like sort of telling him to be mindful of his feelings, but then yeah, it's like, play like, it cool, but- man. Play it cool. <laughs> 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 And then we cut to a character that looks very much like Boba Fett, but has blue armor instead of the green and red, the Mandalorian armor. And he gives another assassin a poison canister or a canister. And then that assassin, who I think is called Sam, flies off on a speeder. We go back to Amidala's palace. Amidala has covered the cameras in her room because she clearly doesn't want the pervy Anakin to be (laughs) looking at her. And then he's like, don't worry, I can sense everything that's happening in that room. Yeah, he says he can sense everything in there. (laughs) So Uh, weird. But Anakin reveals to Obi-Wan that Amidala is using herself as bait to catch this killer. The assassin puts the canister in a droid, which then sends the droid to Padme's room, a canister, and like releases these two worm-like centipede creatures. Those were... That did did creep me out, guys. But we have R2-D2 also- watching over her, which is meant that, don't worry, R2-D2's in there as sentry guard. He's fucking asleep! Why are they like, both asleep? Ev- why are they, why then, is anybody asleep? He wakes up. He's a droid! He doesn't need oh, that's to sleep. Oh, that's true. That's true. Why the hell is he offline when he's on sentry duty? <laughs> and another thing is, is when he, when he does wake up, 
He's a sophisticated droid that doesn't have motion sensors. Instead, he uses a flashlight. <laughs> just to check with a fucking That's what's true. going on. That's true. And then he just goes offline again. Like, yeah. why? There's also a bit here. Especially when it's a setup. Because cause the, the bugs are like going onto the bed. Anakin and Obi-Wan are still having a conversation where Anakin reveals to Obi-Wan that he can't sleep. He keeps dreaming about his mother and he says to Obi-Wan, I would rather dream of Padme. Oh. Wait, he said that? Yeah. He says that, yeah. Oh, God. Missed that. So the Jedi sense the bugs and they run in. Anakin jumps on the bed with his lightsaber out. (laughs) (laughs) Take from that what you will. (laughs) And he cuts the bugs. Startling Amidala and waking her up. Obi-Wan, who sees the droid still lurking out the window, leaps through the window and grabs the droid. That was pretty cool. Yeah, and he hangs onto it for dear life as it speeds through Coruscant. Anakin runs down to the garage and grabs a speeder and chases after them. Now, there's a little Easter egg here that when they're going through the speeder chase through the city, they pass Sebulba, who was the guy in the pod race. That was like Anakin's number one rival. And he kind of like passes him and he grumbles mm. something. So now there's a big speeder chase through the city. Sam, the assassin, gets her sniper and blasts the droid, which sends Obi-Wan falling. Anakin comes to the rescue and catches him in time as he descends through the city. They chase after Sam. Obi-Wan hates flying. Anakin's like reveling in it. And he goes into a dive and gets lots of pleasure from it. I do got to say, I really actually liked the city. Like, I thought it looked really cool. I enjoyed being in it. Yeah, I like when they go to the ground level of the city, kind of. Mm, yeah, that too. But I liked I liked it in the, in the sky, you know. I actually. hate the city so you much. Did? You did? <laughs> so much. <laughs> I loved it's it. It's like they're trying to do Blade Runner, but yeah, they totally like, totally have no idea how to It totally reminded me yeah. of that, yes. It doesn't fit with the Star Wars universe for me whatsoever. It's so vertical, it's ridiculous. It goes on for miles and miles and miles and miles. There is and miles. too much vertical. Then, it actually did feel like it was a roller coaster at times. But I, don't know. I fucking I hate this scene. I get pe- some people really enjoy it. I yeah, I enjoyed hate it. it so much. It made me so <laughs> angry. And then it's just from it's like it's unlike any it's literally just turned into a cartoon show. It's like this is not what Jedi's do. Mm. And you have Ewan McGregor who's plummeting miles and miles through the air gets picked up by Anakin in this ridiculous scene, which for me is just shot so badly anyway, it just doesn't work. And then mm-hmm. and then when Anakin's driving afterwards, he gets freaked out. And Anakin says, oh, yeah, forget you're scared of this stuff. He just dropped for miles free-falling, <laughs> but he's scared of Anakin driving. <laughs> it's, it's, oh. And then when Anakin does jump out of the vehicle, he says, oh, I hate it when he does that. And it, this <laughs> film is full of lines like this, which mean nothing. Like, I hate yeah. it when he does it. It's like, oh, when he, what? Oh, all those times when you're driving and he jumps out of the vehicle to drop for miles below. Does that happen every day? Like, what is it that you hate? that he does it's so stupid they try and sort of <laughs> capture that magic from the original oh. prequel from the original trilogy where where characters have kind of throwaway lines that allude to their past or the previous adventures but here they seem to fall flat and seem very forced i think there's one straight off the bat in the elevator where obi-wan says something about like when they got into a nest of gundarks or something like that yep and and Anakin's like, that was your fault, Master. Like, I saved you, blah, blah, blah. And it's just God. so 
so I deliberate wish. and so forced that it's like that doesn't there's no magic in that it doesn't make you want to think like oh that that sounds cool like it just i so, wish they'd fall flat i really do he immediately then does a line as well in the car of why do i get the feeling you'll be the death of me and you're just like oh yeah yeah really yeah we're gonna go there just- oh yeah he says that when they get to the club so actually oh, so just yeah, yeah so just going back as they speed through there's another bit that i thought was interesting where sam shoots an electrical circuit which they then fly through Oh, and kind of like a, yeah. and then nothing happens. They keep, they keep going. Anyway, so they, yeah, they fly through. Anakin takes a shortcut and then he just jumps off his speeder and lands on Sam's speeder and then they kind of crash it. Sam, they, so now we're on the ground of Coruscant and Sam runs into a club. Obi-Wan catches up with Anakin and tells him to be patient and they walk into the club and then Anakin drops that, Obi-Wan drops that line of why do I get the feeling you'll be the death of me? Ha ha ha, yeah, inside joke. Just look at this bar though you're in a sports bar and i hate that they're doing this that everything's americanized now like the pod racing was americanized you know sports games and this is an americanized sports bar but on an alien planet with like these horrible computer game cgi sports like including pod racing on the tvs i just oh and you you compare it to the bar scene in a new hope where it was full of Mm -hmm. full Mm -hmm. of character and charm and loads of aliens and in this it's predominantly people like it's just regular looking people and then they've cgi'd on some antennas or whatever onto them Mm -hmm. there's very Mm -hmm. few proper alien designs here and it's just i just i hate this movie immediately off the bat i'm afraid for me i'm just so out of it and it just doesn't even feel canon it doesn't feel like it's star wars to me which is weirding me out so in this bit, a couple more Easter eggs in the bar is Anthony Daniels, who plays 3PO as as a human. Oh, cool. Where is he? And he's just in one that. of the crowd. There's like a quick shot of him turning around. And there's also nice. a shot of the actor that plays Jar Jar Binks in mm. his oh, really? human form. Yeah. I read this. Apparently, George Lucas's daughter, Katie Lucas, she's one of the purple aliens who eyes up Anakin as he walks by. Right. So yeah, they wander through the bar. Sam tries to shoot Obi-Wan, but he deflects it and injures her. They take her outside to try and get information of who she's working for. And she gets a dart in her neck, which kills her and reveals that she's like some kind of changeling creature. And they look up and the bounty hunter, who we don't know who it is at this point, but looks like Boba Fett, flies off. Do they cut her arm off or does she keep her arm? I think she keeps her arm. I thought they did cut her arm off, but I couldn't tell. And then I think she just deflected the shot. Yeah, I was confused. I do like, though, that she gets the dart, she falls over, and then as they lean down, they have to look at it and then say out loud, toxic dart. Just to make sure we all understand (laughs) what's happening. Yeah, I did notice that. Now we're back at the Jedi Council, where Yoda orders them to track down the bounty hunter and find out who he's working for. And Anakin is assigned his first solo mission, and that's to protect Amidala and return her to Naboo. Of course. Disguised as, like, refugees or immigrants or whatever mace windu asks anakin to speak to the chancellor about this matter so we have a scene between the chancellor and anakin where anakin reveals he's been getting guidance from the chancellor and he's very appreciative of it and the chancellor says that he that anakin needs to trust his feelings and he'll be invincible and be even more powerful than yoda so what's the deal like i'm so confused in this and this is why we flagged it in the last film yoda and everyone, but particularly Yoda, very clearly has been like, you shouldn't train this kid. Like, he's bad things are going to happen. We know, like, bad things are going to happen with him. Obi-Wan's done it from duty. I get, I get that they must have become close over the last 10 years, you know, from working together. But 
Obi-Wan is now warning them about Anakin and how he's being and the dreams he's having, which no one seems to care <laughs> that he's having these dreams yeah, that Jedi exactly. aren't meant to have. And no one seems worried about it. Yoda, if anything, seems to be like legitimizing everything to me. Ah, oh, it'll be all right. Don't worry about it. Well, he was the one who was like, no, do not train this kid. Bad things going to happen. Yeah. Where's that Yoda from the last film? Like it's, yeah, it just doesn't work. I mean, Yoda repeats a lot in this one that, that everything is clouded by the dark side. And I think there's a line later on that we'll get to where, where Mace Windu says that the Jedi now have lost their, basically their vision. Yep, yeah, but he influence. had it but, before. If he knew that before, yeah, you no, don't exactly. lose your memory of your feelings before, you know? Maybe no, he can't tell anymore, agree. but you'd be like, oh, well, I used to think there was definitely something wrong with him, and now you're telling me this <laughs> yeah. stuff. I can put those two things yeah. together. But no. Yeah, so... <laughs> yeah, you want to get going? <laughs> Sorry, no, I'm just really angry. <laughs> I'm really angry. That's right. I think it's going to be Anakin is... I don't... I can't comprehend. Anakin's such a whiny teenage prick as well. I, I can't know. even comprehend Natalie Portman yeah, so having wanting anything to do with him. I know because you're supposed to want to fall in love with him, you know? I get girls like a bad guy sometimes or a bit of a dick sometimes, but there's nothing. I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, Christina. He's an attractive boy, I guess, but there's nothing attractive about his personality that I can tell. No, no, no. No, <laughs> but okay, I do got to say is he really rubbed me the wrong way. And there's many times I'm just like, oh, why? Like, why? Why? But I could not stop watching. <laughs> like, it's one oh, of those really? things where like, I, hate, I hated it. But like, it's like, a I kind of wanted to really see more of it. But... Yeah. <laughs> like, I, you know, it was it's weird. But yeah, I had the, I had the something opposite about it. feeling. <laughs> of if it wasn't for this podcast and i am definitely showing my hand i would not have got any further than we're at right now i wouldn't have got past them got jumping from race thing to race thing in the city like i, I just like coming <laughs> that's fair enough from phantom menace 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 <laughs> i just should we be worried about you <laughs> <laughs> yes you should be worried about me <laughs> this was just a lot more interesting from the beginning so okay Wow. Okay. Um, <laughs> so yeah. I'm loving it. I'm loving this. So Anakin tells Amidala the plan that they have to go back to Naboo. She doesn't want to, but Jar Jar's like, I'll take responsibility while you're I gone. know. <laughs> and then Anakin expresses, this is when he starts to express that. So he goes from like saying, oh, I need to take you to go in hiding. This is my first mission to then just having a whine about being ready for the trials and that it isn't fair and Obi-Wan's holding him back. Oh, God. This blah, blah, blah. And she tells him, don't grow up too fast, Anakin. And then he gives her one of his, like, creeper looks and she's like, don't look at me like that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Why? So so Anakin consults the, the council, I think. My notes are, like, so shorthand now that I can't even remember stuff. <laughs> That's fine. They have to travel in disguise and he admits, Anakin admits to Amidala that he's that he's a little bit afraid of like what's to come because it's his first mission. Then we follow Obi Wan who goes to a diner. Oh yeah. To speak to a mustachioed diner cook with forearms called Dex, who's like some old buddy of his, who he thinks might know where the dart comes from. 
So he shows him the dart and he tells him that the dart comes from a planet called Camino, a planet of cloners, and it's beyond the outer rim, 12 parsecs past the Rishi maze. And he's like, the cloners are only nice depending on how big your pocket is. Yeah, it's another scene that just looks dumb. All of it looks <laughs> dumb. We don't need to look. Let's just, from this point moving forward, assume that everything looks dumb. If there's an exception to that, we will point it out. Okay. <laughs> okay. So that's I feel a good, we that's only a need rule. to speak up if a scene looks adequate and above. <laughs> Sounds fair. If visually we're setting the bar low. So we Obi-Wan then goes to the Jedi archives to look for this system, but it doesn't exist in the Jedi archives. And then we jump to back to Amidala and, and Anakin on their transport to Naboo. They're sort of like having lunch or something and she's asking him about Jedi rules and that it's forbidden to love. And he says that attachment and possession is forbidden, but compassion is is, is what a Jedi's life is about and compassion, to have compassion is to be encouraged to love. And he, so he's like, so the Jedi are about love and it's just... I do like oh, this Jedi disgusting. rule of you can have sex with people as long as you're not attached to them. <laughs> that's basically what exactly. that boils down to yeah as so, long as you don't feel anything for them do what you want <laughs> so they have that first of many awkward romantic conversations and then we cut to yoda back in the temple he's training younglings oh they were really cute i did like that which is a cool little scene. kind of yeah i i like it in a kind of just getting a picture of the jedi that's I mean, yeah, I thought it was just interesting. Can you clarify to me, Alex, in the original cinematic release of this, was Yoda already CGI or did we still have Puppet Yoda in this? I think by this one he was already CGI. He's already CGI. Okay. I think they abandoned Puppet Yoda. They retired the puppet. So, yeah, he's he's training younglings, much like how you, Luke was trained by Obi-Wan in A New Hope where they're wearing masks and the little spherical blaster thing is hovering and they have to deflect its shots with a lightsaber. Obi-Wan asks Yoda for help finding the Kamino system so Yoda employs the help of his young Padawans and one kid just steps up and goes someone deleted it and Obi-Wan goes yep that's right Yeah, <laughs> and then says in an explanation just go where it is so and yeah. find it. Look Obi-Wan is in a library trying to figure this shit out we How have the most useless library of all time yeah he knows where it is and the library's like oh it doesn't exist here doesn't <laughs> exist anywhere he has, to go to, he has to go to yoda to go what do i do what is this incredible mystery yoda uses his class to teach a lesson of go to where you know it is and it will be there <laughs> yeah <laughs> that's literally oh, as, I know. Oh, you know it. oh i didn't think of that yeah i didn't think that i knew it was there that maybe if I went there, it would be there. But I did like the stars, you know, when he pulled up the universe and it covered the room and you know what I'm talking about? I'll, I'll yeah. hold you on Amazon Prime a little nightlight. Yeah, I was like, oh, this would be a really good nightlight thing in my room. But it doesn't even so need up. Oh, just fuck it. No, it's all right. Yeah, yeah, I know. It was dumb. <laughs> no, it I, was dumb. I really, I have so little So Yoda energy. also men mentions at this point that only a Jedi could have er erased those files. So who could it have been? Mystery, mystery. Amidala or Padme and Anakin arrive on Naboo. This is where she gives a bit of backstory about her being queen and then becoming senator. She has an audience with the current queen of the Naboo who says that the Senate is powerless to resolve this crisis and bring the separatists back to the Galactic Republic. 
Newt Gunray, the Trade Federation leader from the previous film, they say has had several trials, but he hasn't been charged for anything. And then we have another bit of Anakin just being annoying where Amidala is, they ask for security advice and Anakin goes to answer and Amidala's like, no, I'm in charge here because she knows best. And he's like, no, but I've been sent here to be head of security. Like I should answer. And it's this like awkward little argument between them where she puts him in his place. How? He's like, uh, no, excuse me, Queen. (laughs) (laughs) I know. It's fucking ridiculous. I know. It's, oh. I've literally written down here, dull, 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 boring people saying boring things. What (laughs) happened? Where's the charm, the adventure, the likable characters, the pathos or the conflict? Then we (laughs) back with Obi-Wan. I think he loves this film. (laughs) Then we go back to Obi-Wan who arrives on Kamino. Now, as I said earlier, I was watching this with Bethany and Carter. And Carter, he went out for a little bit before I started the film. And he's like, oh. I'll come back hopefully by the time Obi-Wan gets to Kamino. He's like, I, I like the look of that world. It's really cool. What? And he did get back in time. And then that scene arrived and we were just both like, oh, my God. No, I've got I mean, written down. The sea, Ewan, the sea doesn't even move. No, he lands on a planet of CGI water yeah. while wearing his headphones in the wrong position because they've slipped from the top of his head because they don't even... <laughs> it looks ridiculous. It looks literally like he's just got his headphones and just gone like that. Yeah. He's greeted and told that he's been expected by the Prime Minister, and he's like, oh, that's weird. He says that they were on uh, the Camino in person, also says that they are on time with the order, and says that Sifo Dias can be told his order is ready. Yeah, and I the will clone say army. We have the first positive thing I'm going to say about this movie here for me. Like, I was so okay. tuned out with 42 minutes in, and then we get that line after all these years, we were beginning to think you weren't coming. Mm-hmm. And for a second, I was like, oh, like, and I was like, I'm interested now. Like, mm-hmm. what is going on? This is cool. Something unexpected, something weird, something that's like been yeah. building and you didn't know about it. It's like, is it going to be something really cool? And I was excited for a moment. Yep. So he says that Sifo Dias can be told that the order's ready. And we're like, who's Sifo Dias? So then Obi Wan reveals that Sifo Dias was a Jedi that had died 10 years earlier and has somehow ordered this clone army, which was going to become the army for the Republic. Where does he get his fine? Like, how did a Jedi not know? I'm presuming they have a pool of money, like, that he ciphered from to fund this clone army. I have so many questions, Alex, and you're the Star Wars boy, so I'm hoping you can genuinely, and I mean genuinely, with no snideness, I'm hoping you can answer some of them, because this film I was so confused with, and there's two stages of that, and the first one starts here. So there was a dude who's part of the Jedi Council, yes? Yeah. Who ten over 10 years ago put an order in on Amazon.StarWars for a clone army. Yeah. And then he died. And he told mm-hmm. no one about it. We yeah. don't know at this stage why he put the order in. Yeah, it's this bit has always kind of confused me as well, if I'm being completely honest. And my sort of way I wrapped my head around it was... Because when I first saw the film, I was like, oh, is Sifo Dias just a very poor kind of anagram clue of Sidious? And Sifo Dias is Sidious and Sidious was a Jedi and all that kind of thing. And I was trying to like put those plot points together. But that's obviously turns out not to be the case because we know who Sidious is. Mm -hmm. And then I don't know if 
the backstory is that it was Cypher Dias was killed by Dooku and that it somehow Dooku had organized this because he was already under the influence of the Dark Lord and who was setting his master plan into action. I just want to know I think. A yeah, I want to know like why, but even more important than that because okay, who cares why? But they've been working on this for over 10 years to build this army. They've clearly not ever sent an email or a text or anything to Jedi's to go, oh, by the way, it works to go pretty well on this army that you ordered. Mm -hmm. How, like, it's presumably an incredibly expensive operation because they've made what seems to be infinite clones on this planet. How much money is that? Where did he get the money from? And if there's a planet that just makes clones to order, why doesn't everybody have a clone army? I don't, I don't understand know. anything I that's happening. <laughs> I don't know, Al. I mean, I guess the sort of broadest picture is that that the Republic didn't have... There was no army for the Republic at this point. The Jedi were the protectors of peace and freedom, sent out by the Empire if needed. Not the Empire, sent out by the Republic if needed to negotiate and all that stuff. Palpatine slash Darth Sidious, who's manipulating this all behind the scenes, has set up this army for the Republic and also set up the Separatists and the war with the Trade Federation so that he could have the excuse to create the army for the Republic, which would ultimately be used as a weapon to rule the galaxy. I'm trying my best here. So then he would have the power to rule with an iron fist all over the galaxy and all the different systems and essentially have a power to also end the Jedi. Phil, this is the problem with this film, and you've just done it there because you very eloquently, I feel, and far more eloquently in the film, spell out a lot of the reasoning behind things. There are a lot of words being thrown around, and mm -hmm. ostensibly it takes me quite a lot of mental effort to comprehend them, even though my brain is forcing me not to because it doesn't want to begin to comprehend what any of these words really mean. But if I put that effort in, I could just about understand what you're saying and yet i still feel none of it means anything i still feel yeah. it makes absolutely no sense how any of this setup is for the clone wars like it doesn't it just doesn't work because i feel like what it gets bogged down in in the writing is that it gets totally blurred as to what a kind of mysteries and red herrings and what actually I feel like he's trying to put too much stuff on it to make it yeah, seem like mystery and but it just becomes entangled and there's dead ends and there's things that don't link up and it's it's hard to describe like it's hard to And you're just conjuring stuff up out of nothing like it doesn't make any yeah. there's no possible way that if this was happening that a Jedi wouldn't know about it or that someone wouldn't know about it like the finances and the stability of an operation for over a decade just doesn't make any sense whatsoever they're not just going to go and do well, that on good faith for <laughs> for a decade well, that's it. And I think their, their ticket out of that and their way of kind of eliminating even the audience's confusion is to have in several moments of this film, Yoda or Mace Windu reiterate that everything is clouded from the dark side. Mm. Nothing makes sense. <sighs> I'm no, saying no, not, I, even I, from, I, I, not even from their side, from the other side, the laborer's side. <laughs> like, well, totally. But I agree on all that. But I think like that's their... That's like the easy ticket out is that everything I, like that doesn't even just mean the Jedi. It's like everything's blurred because there's because dark powers. It, 
that that we can't foresee or control and like we don't understand how things work so it's just like we're supposedly all in the dark let's put a pin in it for now because later on i have more questions that you may have just actually already answered for me but i'm too dim i'm not quite taking it in but later on i want to come back to this sure and also just to quickly ask do you know how i'm feeling about this film (laughs) have i given it away or am i keeping my poker face well you got no trousers on right now so i think you're (laughs) pretty around you're keeping your poker face now we cut to one of my absolute favorite scenes in the film we cut back to Naboo and Amidala and Anakin have arrived at a palatial lake house. Their honeymoon, apparently. I mean, isn't that <laughs> what it's it a looks good, like? A good hiding space. What the hell? <laughs> With that dress that she's wearing? Yeah, that's it. Amidala starts recounting her childhood to Anakin and, and how much she loved coming to this place and all this sort of stuff. And Anakin just tells her that he hates he hates sand. And then he says, everything here is so soft and smooth. And then he drops her back. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. And Nothing he gives her the creepy eyes again. more than comparing her to sand getting in all the wrong places. And then saying, but yeah, you're the opposite like, of that. You're the opposite. Everything here is soft and smooth. And he rubs her back and they have a kiss. And then she stops herself. She's like, no. She suddenly remembers that he's a, he's a whiny little shit fucking hate i fucking hate this so much the the one nice thing i'm gonna say is they're on location they are on location mm. yep maybe one of the only locations in this like film. it's a novelty <laughs> i'm all yeah. excited for a second because that wall and lake actually exist or at least partially where were they <laughs> i don't know come on but it's like but everything's not looking like PlayStation 2 cutscene graphics, so it's actually real. There's dirt on things. Until they get to the field. Oh, it's, uh... Natalie Portman looks like she might kill him for a second. She's like looking at him when he's doing this weird chat-up line and telling her you're not like sand. Which I do like that he's trying to call back to where he grew up, but oh my god, this is a wrong way. Totally to wrong way. I do gotta say that she did a pretty good job. Like, don't you think? With what she was given with, especially with the way he was acting and her having to fall in love with him. like Oh, like I Natalie mean, Portman did a good yeah. job. You don't think so? I'm going to say no, because I don't know what she's thinking. Like at any point, she has not convinced me that she's falling for him, which for sure is a fault on all sides. But when she's looking at him, I genuinely think that she wants to kill him. <laughs> Like, she looks like she's evil. <laughs> and then they start getting kissy-kissy. I think yeah. when she looks at him, so, it's kind of uh, like, it's kind of good because you can't, you can't really tell, like, does she think he's annoying? Like, we think he's annoying? Or is, you know, I don't know. I don't if know. you're going to try and look at the intent of it, whether it's played like this or not, I guess it, the whole thing is that she knows it's wrong, right? So there's that whole kind of conflict in, of wanting to resist for as long as possible. Mm-hmm. whether it looks like that or not mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. well it doesn't look like that <laughs> <laughs> I mean it's it's more confusing but I'm sure that was kind of uh... intent so we go back to Obi-Wan on Kamino who's shown the clone army and their development based on the original model of Jango Fett why does that boy oh look God. so angry he's eating his kid. food I know why Jeez, does that he's, one so, he's so scary <laughs> He just stops and looks around himself like, ooh, these, ooh, these are the fuckers yeah, so around me. Django it's Fett, so weird. it turns out, 
and the clone army are all New Zealanders. Oh, all New yeah, they are. New That's Mars. right. <laughs> uh, they basically recruited the All Blacks, <laughs> the rugby team, to become the clone army. Yep. Not a single trooper suit was made, by the way. It's all CGI. Like for the entire film, not one single clone trooper no, armor. Oh, yeah, made. it looks like that. It looks Just to like talk about the clone CGI. trooper army, even though the CGI looks shoddy, I, I still like the suits, the look of the suits. Well, yeah, they're meant to be this like, but this is the problem. Well, this isn't the problem. This is one of the very few problems. It's obviously meant to be taking Boba Fett's armor and then segueing into what will become the Stormtrooper armor, yep. which I like the evolution. But they're clones, and Stormtroopers, as we've established in later films, are not clones. Mm-hmm. So this entire evolution is completely pointless. Yep. And the ev- and we'll get to it throughout the next movies, but the reason for having a clone army and then going back to having a people army is so counterproductive and so like like just de-evolutional it's ridiculous because i think the idea was so they would have an army prepared and ready of elite soldiers without having to recruit at this point in time why don't they do that again later since you can clearly just like with a jedi credit card order a clone army and as we see just in this film alone the clone army aren't like droids they they are free thinking to the most part take orders though very ambidextrous you know, like have most of the benefits of being a normal person. Why would you ever need normal people yeah. to be your stormtroopers? There you go. These are all important questions. <laughs> <laughs> we find out that I'm just throwing the balls in the air. <laughs> we find out Django Fett also requested an unaltered clone for himself that didn't have like rapid development and was sort of more a real reflection of himself. Dad, um, Dad. When we see the clone army preparing oh, yes. for war, and then we cut to <laughs> Amidala and Anakin sitting in a field flirting anakin describes his version of his ideal way of governance where he's like you get people to sit around and decide what the people want and if the people don't agree you force them to agree and she's like what and then anakin decides to ride (laughs) slash surf some kind of beast thing and then he pretends to be hurt and she goes to help him and he's laughing and then they roll around (laughs) sorry i could say that straight I want to read out my exact notes today because I've kind of forgotten because I watched it so late. I wrote stuff and I started writing it without even looking at the thing just with one hand because I lost the ability to hold a laptop through this movie. And so I can't remember half of what I wrote. For this, I wrote his quote of people don't always agree well, then they should be made to. Which is like, well, yeah, that's not a red flag at all. <laughs> Surely that's a very attractive thing when someone says it. But then I have yeah, running through fields like Muppets as he rides a CGI blob. God, I hate this film, and increasingly, by extension, all things in the world. <laughs> wow. I think we know how you feel. <laughs> I was quite genuinely beginning to hate everything, everything around me, just from the presence of this scene. Yeah, that's fair enough. Yeah, that scene was... I mean, that was scene was something else. Christina... Was this like the notebook where you whisked away into the romance? No, it was not romantic. But like I said before, it was so bad. I just wanted to see more. Couldn't turn my eyes away. This may say a lot about your personality. (laughs) You should really be on one of our horror franchises. That's what we're learning. If you want so bad (laughs) that you want to keep watching. Yeah. 
Oh, goodness. So then we cut to Django's apartment on Kamino. Obi-Wan meets a young Boba Fett, who's the clone of Django, and he meets Django. They have a little standoff. He asks Django if he knows Sifo Dyas. We have a little sneak peek at his Mandalorian armor, which he's got in his little bathroom or cupboard just sitting on the floor. <laughs> Not suspicious at all. Yeah. He closes uh, the door. <laughs> Django admits to Obi-Wan that he was recruited by Tyrannus on a moon. And Obi-Wan leaves and gives him like a little glance back. And then we cut back to Naboo where Anakin and Amidala are sitting for dinner. Oh, God. (laughs) Amidala is eating a pear for dinner, which Anakin uses the force to draw to him. And he cuts it. Oh, and Carter, again, my housemate, made an interesting point that he cuts the bottom of the pear and feeds her the bottom of the pear because who doesn't love the bottom of a pear? (laughs) And she's a fucking queen slash senator. And for dinner, in these fancy plates, she's eating a pear. She's eating a pear, which Anakin force feeds her. (laughs) Good one, Alex. Good one. (laughs) Thank you. I, I love you, Alex. That's a good one. <laughs> so yeah, the force feeds her, um, and then from there we cut to the them just sitting on the end of a bed, and Anakin tells her that he's haunted by the kiss. He's tormented by it. He wants more, but Amidala says their love is not possible. Come back to the real world, Annie. We would be living a lie. She rejects him, and that scene is just so I've... disgustingly and poorly written. Like it's he. He literally says, "I wish I could just wish away my feelings." I know, I know. <laughs> that one stood out to me too. <laughs> I've written down here in my notes. I so badly don't want to hear the stupid shit coming from Anakin's mouth that all I can do is try to figure out if the sofa they're sitting on is CGI or not. Wow, you really <laughs> hated this one. Like, really That's hated this one. What I was out. trying to do entirely. <laughs> Maybe if you watched it during the day, you'd feel a little better about it. It's like a teenager wrote this scene for a school yeah. project or something. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, the whole movie's like a teenager wrote it. Okay, so Obi-Wan, oh, we go back to Kamino and Obi-Wan delivers a message to Mace, Windu, and Yoda. And he tells them about the clone army. He says that the bounty hunter tried to kill the senator. And at this point... Mace Windu admits that the Jedi's use of the Force is diminishing and he wants to inform the Senate. And Yoda says no, because if we let them know that our use of the Force is diminishing, then that will also, uh, not only will it let the Dark Lord know, but it will let the entire galaxy know that they're becoming weakened. Oh, gosh. And then we (laughs) cut back. (laughs) We cut back to Anakin lying in his bed having a nightmare he's sort of just writhing around and he hears his mother calling out to him begging for help so he goes out into the balcony to meditate and Padme comes out and she's like you had a nightmare and she's like I'll just leave you be and he's like no I'm soothed by your presence and then he says that even though he knows he has a duty to protect Padme he has to go back to Tatooine to help his mother and I'll go with you Annie Exactly. That's exactly what she says. 
And so we're off on a new adventure to Tatooine. Mm-hmm. And then we go back to Kamino, where Obi-Wan confronts Jango, who's trying to board his ship, oh, the Slave God, One, yeah. which is the same ship Boba Fett uses later on. Somehow Obi-Wan loses his lightsaber, Jango loses his blaster, so they have a fist fight on the platform. Uh, Obi-Wan goes swinging off the edge of the platform and saves himself for the uh, I wrote here the Fets. I'll be calling them the Fets for the next little bit while they're together. The Fets fly away, and Obi Wan plants a tracker on their ship. And then we did I miss did I miss the nipple shop of Anna, Anakin? Yeah, the nipple nightmare where oh. he's just lying oh, I did there not writhing. See that the nipple shop? Yeah, oh. it's just like the blanket is perfectly man. placed, neatly placed underneath his nipples. Notice all the, these things, jeez! But the they're right there, man. They're in HD, right up there in your face. In the Django Obi Wan scene, I'm really confused with this. If someone can explain, when Django's like, "Okay, pack your things," and then him and his kid are getting ready to head off in their cool ship, why did he suit up to look exactly like the bounty hunter that he knows Ewan's looking for when he's trying to inconspicuously? get out of there as quickly as is humanly possible. So that when Obi-Wan comes out, he clearly sees him and they start fighting. Whereas if he just hadn't bothered, he could probably have gone away fine. Uh, I think Obi-Wan already knows that he's the bounty hunter. Because okay. when you were in the toilet, in the bathroom, <laughs> doing whatever you were doing, um, uh, Obi-Wan... Finding the will to live. Obi-Wan <laughs> sends a message to Yoda and Mace Windu saying that the bounty hunter tried to kill the senator. Yeah, but I don't think the bounty hunter knows, does he? Because he's like aggressively immediately ready for that fight with Obi-Wan. Anyway. I, I don't know. There's so much more that I can't explain. <laughs> Just tell me what's going on. Alex like, have uh, all the answers, okay, Al? Why does he start his lightsaber up after he climbs back up, you know, to the top? He turns his lightsaber on to then throw a tracker yeah. onto their ship. Maybe he why? thought he was going to get blasted from the ship. Which I don't think it would have been okay, able, sure. his lightsaber would have necessarily been able to stop. So we arrive back on Tatooine. This is the place though, where Boba Fett learns from Ewan, we should mention. Boba Fett learns from Ewan McGregor how to hide on an asteroid so no one notices you. Because mm-hmm. then he implements that later on in Empire Strikes Back to track Harrison Ford. Yeah. And so. Ah, good. Uh, this, is them, yeah. this is them explaining to you yeah. how he learned that trick. Yeah. Because we needed to know that. Yeah, well played. Good one. I'm paying attention. <laughs> so uh, we get back to Tatooine. Anakin meets up with Watto again, who doesn't recognize him. And Watto reveals that he sold me and sold it to a moisture farmer called Lars. Yeah, and so the asteroid scene happens next that you were talking about. Obi-Wan tracks the Fets through an asteroid field. Django releases seismic charges. They shoot Obi-Wan, send a homing missile. He avoids it. The Fets think he's dead, but he's hiding behind asteroid, like you just said. They land on the planet and Obi-Wan follows and he notices all the droid ships. We get to the Lars homestead back on Tatooine where we meet Owen and Beru, who are later the caretakers and uncle and aunt of mm-hmm. Luke Skywalker in A New Hope. And we meet 3PO, which they, I guess when Shmi went to the Lars homestead, she took 3PO with her. 3PO's got a poorly kind of constructed suit of armor, a droid covering uh, now. They meet Lars, who says that Shmi's not there. He reveals that she was t- taken by Tusken Raiders, and despite several attempts to try and rescue her, they couldn't. And he says to Anakin that she's most likely dead at this point. Anakin 
starts to get they frustrated. They don't He's like, seem to care that much. Yeah. Anakin, I mean, they uh, do, yeah. but they don't. Like, oh, well, we tried, but, you know, I don't know. I just, she's probably dead, we- but we tried. So, yeah. Yeah, exactly. no, they, they seem pretty cool with things. And I'm confused because C-3PO being there, I'm, I'm just starting to think then, well, well, C-3PO then, he knew that Anakin was Darth Vader. So in all of the other pre, in all of the original Star Wars movies, he knew who Darth Vader was and never talked to anyone about it. His memory gets wiped. Oh, and there's it. a, there's a, that, that'll happen at some point. We'll get to that. Spoilers, okay, yeah. we'll get to it. But it's okay, like we'll a very get... deliberate, I'm also let's thinking... wipe his memory. <laughs> okay, okay. I'm also thinking, this may seem like I'm trying to purposely be perverse, but I do, I'm, I'm really not genuinely i was worried that no one ever gets thirsty like they're doing a lot of things and we're with you and mcgregor for quite a while and he's flying around and hiding on asteroids and stuff no one ever drinks in these movies That's no true. they don't yeah i feel like this is I'd the first really time they thirsty. started eating anyways except that little blue yeah. liquid they always drink at the homestead at the moisture farmer's homestead they drink like this blue oh stuff. yeah moisture farm moisture farm so you could argue why didn't Uncle Owen would have known 3PO because he had 3PO at this point. But then in A New Hope, he sees 3PO when the Jawas are selling him and yeah. doesn't know him. You could and you should argue yeah. that. Right. 100%. But you could say that he has a shiny new gold cover and yeah. So yeah, Anakin... Right, and, and it's, so is C-3PO his, his... Is that his actual name or is that just a model... Uh, I think that was like his model not like I was specific to him C-3PO like there's R2 units but R2 is R2-D2 there's other ones that are like R2 R4 and stuff like that okay anyway sorry so Anakin says that he's going to look for her tells Padme to stay he rides off on a speeder motorbike thing all angry in a very horrible CGI sequence oh wait we're not mentioning they're all horrible uh, he has a moment where he speaks to some Jawas and they give him directions. Then we cut back to Obi-Wan, who now finds a droid army being built. Carter mentioned a very funny point at this where he's like, I feel like Obi-Wan is just on a factory factory tour because he's gone from the clone mm-hmm. army factory tour and now he's on the droid army yeah. factory tour. Exactly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> where a droid army is being built. He overhears Count Dooku, and we see Count Dooku for the first time. I think this is the first time we see Count Dooku. Christopher Lee having a discussion with the Trade Federation Viceroy and some other separatists, and he's saying that he feels more systems will join their movement. Then we get to Anakin. We did quickly, so we did very quickly skip over their shadow conversation. That happens just before he leaves, before Anakin leaves. Which, do you remember this? Where him and Natalie Portman have a conversation and the camera pans to the heart and their shadows on it and everyone thinks it very purposely looks like Darth Vader's shadow yeah, while he's yeah. talking to her but then George Lucas has come out and said that's just coincidence it wasn't meant to look like that instead it's just his art his art shot for the film which is so bizarre considering there's no other artistry in the rest of this movie that he chooses <laughs> to suddenly let's just have two shadows talking to each other no I mean like whether you love the movie or not there's nothing arty about this movie yeah. and then suddenly there's a shot of two shadows talking to each other it's very strange sorry that's right to- so the Anakin arrives at the Tuscan Raider camp and he finds his mother tied up and beaten that's pretty horrible yeah. What are they doing to her? Because they've kept her like for a month. That's what I was thinking. Are they like... Exactly. And tied up like this? Yeah, like face forward. 
Yeah, I don't. Yeah. Yeah, she's on a rack in a sexual position. On her knees. She, was she on her knees or was she like yeah. strung okay. up like starfish? I don't think she was standing up. Yeah. Yeah. She was like this. Yeah. But. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. It was not good. But I do. Okay, go on. No, go, go say on. it. No, no, no. Go on, Christina. No, because you're getting there. Okay. So he unties her. She dies in his arms. And this sends him into like. Okay, you got there. <laughs> the way she died with her, the way, I mean, the head flip back, it was, it like took away from, I don't know, it was seemed goofy. Super cheese. Did it not? Yeah, totally. Yeah. Yes. Like, I mean, it was a big scene. It was like it was such a gut-wrenching moment for Anarchy, but just like, it looked sure. so goofy. The way they directed her. My- <laughs> My residing question is, what did she die from? She was just No, she's abused. thirsty. She's not drinking either. Yeah, yeah, she's thirsty too. Dehydration. Everyone's very thirsty. People tend to, like Yoda in Return of Jedi, people tend to wait until someone turns up to die. Mm. That seems to be what happens. In these so days. yeah, her death sends Anakin into a complete rage <laughs> and he just goes out and he starts butchering everyone in the camp. We see him kill two... Kids! We see, we see him kill two men... Adults, adult Tuscan Raiders, and then we see two kid Tuscan Raiders turn and look at him before we cut to Yoda, who's in a meditation and like hearing the screams and the terror. And at this point, we also oh, hear Qui Gon Jinn's voice screaming out, Anakin, Anakin. But it's like, which, which, I'm sorry, I know I'm getting ahead, but he admits to killing all the men, all the women. And then all the mm-hmm. kids. And he tells that mm. to... We're Padme. getting to that. <laughs> mm-hmm. get- she di- I know, I'm jumping ahead, but it's like... Yeah. Her, no, no, we'll get to that. No real reaction to that. And Liam Neeson, by the way, didn't know that they were going to use outtakes of his voice for this scene. Ah, interesting. So, apparently, it was a surprise to him when he was in the cinema <laughs> that they used these outtakes. He didn't get any residuals either. Cheeky George. <laughs> yeah, and uh, Yoda starts saying, like, oh, I... I uh, young Skywalker is in pain, terrible pain. I feel like pain, suffering, death. Something terrible has happened. We go back to Obi Wan. He's out of the range of to contact the Jedi Council. So he tries to reach Anakin on, on Naboo, can't get him there, and he's spotted by a bug creature on this Geonosian moon. He tracks Anakin to Tatooine and sends a message to him. R two gets the message, and then Anakin returns with Shmi's body. And then we get to the bit you were just talking about, Christina, where. Anakin is just like still angry that he couldn't save her. And Padme's like, you're not all powerful, Anakin. He's like, someday I will be. We'll learn to stop stop people from dying. And then he says that. And then he's like, it's all Obi-Wan's fault. He's jealous. He's holding me back. And he starts blaming Obi-Wan again. I know, that's so weird. And then, yeah. And then he confesses to Padme that he killed the Raiders. And like, and he's like, all of them, I hate them. Yeah, killed the men, women, children, and she says to him, "To be angry is to be human." <laughs> and she gives him a hug. To kill children is to be human. Yeah. I, 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 no. Yeah, no. that seems insane. <laughs> so they have a funeral for Shmi, and Anakin promises he won't fail again, and that he misses her. But then R2 interrupts this moment to say, "There's a message from Obi Wan. <laughs> Obi Wan's message is passed to the Council and the Chancellor." reveals that Newt Gumray was behind the assassination attempt and he teamed up with Dooku on Geonosis. Windu says Anakin has to stay put and protect Amidala. But Amidala's like, no, we have to go and rescue Obi-Wan. And yeah, so at this point, 
Anakin, who was like so defiant all the time, is like, no, we stay. And then Amidala's like, no, let's go and help your friend. And he's like, okay. And he has this like smile because she's like, she's taking the initiative. So then they said, then there's like, yeah, they're saying that there's a crisis. So I'll skip that bit. So Obi-Wan's held captive by Count Dooku. <laughs> Count Dooku confronts Obi-Wan and says it's all a mistake. He denies that Django's there. And then we also learn that Dooku was Qui-Gon's master and that Dooku thinks Qui-Gon Jinn would have also rebelled against the Jedi eventually. But Dooku also reveals that the Republic is now under control of a Sith Lord called Darth Sidious. And I think that's the first time in these prequels we hear the name Darth Sidious. And then we cut to the Senate where Jar Jar it proposes that the Chancellor be given emergency powers. And the Chancellor agrees and says that he promises to lay down his power when the crisis has abated and that he is going to create a grand army of the Republic to cheers around the senate this is apparently echoing george lucas want to echo exact tactics that adolf hitler did yeah. to get into power this is yeah. exactly what he did so windu takes a band of jedi to geonosis and yoda says he's going to go to camino to check out this clone army padme and anakin arrive on geonosis and into the go through the droid factory in this horrible sequence of them avoiding all the heavy machinery it's a computer yep. game Oh god! It's literally a computer game. It's a platformer. Com- I'm playing it right now in Cuphead, yep. basically. Did do, do you do you know what happened with this scene? This was added way later. They'd finished shooting. They're in post, and George Lucas called them in because apparently the film wasn't long enough and added this scene. And oh. there's this great interview with Natalie Portman saying, "I honestly thought." honestly thought he'd called us in as a joke because we arrived there and he's just got people like hitting us with like green sticks and stuff and cushions <laughs> and we're just ducking under green things and then you see it in the movie and he's turned it into this huge scene that was not at all what like they had no Dang, idea what was going on he was crazy. just like jump duck roll jump duck like it yeah was there's that ridiculous. and then also just to add a bit of lightness i would have done because, it because <laughs> the stakes were so high for padme and anakin not they had it. to they had to add a bit of lightness to this, so the droids come out and R2 pushes oh. 3PO onto the factory line. Uh, and R2, 3, 3PO loses, fuck? detaches his head from his body and his head gets attached to a droid and his body uh. gets a droid robot head. You know, he just got to roll with and it now. And then for the first time, we see R2 it. use thrusters to fly around, which is crazy. I've always had an issue where they give like... I think they do it in the next film too, where they give R2 like new gadgets that he previously didn't have in any of the original trilogy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Did you notice that Padme also doesn't scream in any of this point? She's about to get pouring lava yep. on her. She knows that Anakin's nearby. She doesn't make a noise. No. Doesn't make a noise. Oh, I guess I guess I'm done. I'm not a she's not a scared to die, so <laughs> yeah, yeah, true. So, that's true. She does say she's they managed to, to escape, but Anakin's broken his lightsaber, but they end up getting caught and Django catches Anakin. So then they're put onto like a chariot before they enter an arena and Padme <laughs> at this point Where did this come from, Alex? Where did the Colosseum come and then from? Padme, while they're on the chariot, admits her love for Anakin and they have a kiss before they're wheeled out and ushered into the arena no, what she's what she says is i've been dying a little bit each day since you came back into my life because i agree yeah we all have <laughs> <laughs> oh god so then they're brought into the arena and they're cuffed to pillars and obi-wan is already there cuffed to one of the pillars their executions are announced they're being watched by dooku and the separatists different beasts emerge 
I think it's Anakin at this point. This is where we get. Oh, yeah, I've got Anakin a bad drops feeling the, about I've got a bad feeling about this line. Oh, sorry. While Anakin and Obi Wan are like discussing what to do, Padme unchains herself because I guess she had like a little safety pin in her sleeve. That she- Bobby, Bobby pin. pin yeah. yeah, Bobby pin. I guess from her bun. Intergalactic yeah. Bobby pin. Yeah. She unchains herself, climbs the pillar. Anakin rides. This is okay. I'll just read what I wrote. Padme unchains herself. Anakin rides an animal. <laughs> Anakin tames the beast and kills the creature after Padme. She rides with Anakin. Obi-Wan stabs the beast. <laughs> yeah. I mean, why not? Look, here's the thing. This Coliseum- and, then droid- and then droids surround them. Yeah, this Coliseum thing could be fun. Like, so from now on, we're going to get into a big battle. This whole setup could be fun. I have no idea where it's come from. I have no clue why it's necessary or why, as the baddies, you would contrive this situation but they have, and it could be a lot of fun. Unfortunately, it's really just not up to scratch in any way. We just have bad CGI, bad action, horrible bits of them constantly riding things. I don't know why he seems to want them to ride things all the time. The bit where, in a minute, we get to Natalie Portman when she jumps onto the back of the thing Anakin's riding and she just kisses him as soon as she jumps onto it. It's so awkward. It's called and love, t- Al. It's called love. <laughs> It's cool not being able to have children again the way she jumped onto that thing. And then just like a barrage Well, as we know, (laughs) they do. Exactly. A barrage of really bad puns from from the droids, mostly from C-3PO stuff. It's just like like saying like she seems to be on top of things, or this is such a drag, (laughs) I'm quite beside myself. Just ah horrible, horrible stuff. I just want to get it out now, Alex, because you can take us to the finish line. Okay. Take us to the Jedi party. <laughs> Mace Windu arrives with his band of Jedi. They battle the droids. 3PO droid is blasted as Django kills lots of Jedi. And then Django's almost trampled by the beast, but he shoots it dead. And then Mace Windu just runs up to him with his purple unique lightsaber out and decapitates him. Very spooky. And the kid is watching the, the whole time. The kid is watching as his clone dad He's decapitated. Do you remember how freaked out people were about the purple lightsaber yeah. at the time, Alex? And people were like, what does it mean? Why does he have a different one? Just because he wanted one, Just right? because Sam asked yeah. George for a purple. Yeah, he just wanted a purple. And apparently engraved on the hilt was bad motherfucker. Love it. I fucking think that's so cool. <laughs> Obi-Wan cuts the legs of the beast and stabs it, and R2 takes 3PO's head to reattach it to the other droid, to his body. But at this point, the Jedi are now retreating because they're surrounded by droids. But then suddenly Yoda arrives with the clone army who, under Yoda's instructions, create a perimeter around the survivors. Boba Fett picks up his dad's head. <laughs> and then this is when the Clone War starts. <laughs> the clones start going... the head going, doesn't fall out. I know, the head doesn't fall out. The clones start going after the droid army and destroying their assembly area. And there's just a big CGI battle of clone soldiers and troops and droids at this point we go back to the war room where the federation want to retreat dooku doesn't understand how the republic amassed an army so fast so the point i made before about maybe dooku being involved with cypher deus and the ordering of the clone army is completely disproven right here in this point (laughs) (laughs) so it is just as confusing as it is Show. Yeah, I have very. I want to wait till the end because I have a few questions about this again. So we'll get back into okay, it. Okay. So at this point, the Geonosian man's like leaders, like, oh, I've got these plans. And Dooku's like, I'll take them back to Coruscant. And it's revealed that they're the plans for the Death Star, which made me wonder, like, how does that all tie in with Rogue One now? Because I thought Mads Mikkelsen's 
character was the chief engineer and designer of the Death Star. So oh, now- don't worry, they'll make a film that explains. Yeah. <laughs> All the transition exactly. from this to that. So, yeah, Dooku takes those Death Star plans and leaves, and the Federation Starstrips try and retreat. Anakin and Obi-Wan spot Dooku as he's trying to retreat, and they go after him. Their ship is shot down by Dooku's guards, and Padme falls out. Anakin's like, I want to get Padme. And Obi-Wan's like, no, you have to do your duty. Like, we have to go after Dooku. And he's like, but she's going to blah, blah. Cry, cry, cry. Yoda has a moment where he senses the conflict going on. And finally, Obi-Wan's like, what would Padme do? And Anakin's like, she would do a duty. So they go after him. Dooku's there waiting and they ignite their lightsabers. And Obi-Wan's like about to do like a kind of speechy thing. And Anakin's just like, no, I'm going after him. And doesn't wait and goes in for the attack and immediately gets force lightninged and just thrown across the room. And that's like, yeah, and that's the big reveal that Dooku's now definitely a Sith Lord and not just like a rebellious Jedi. Obi-Wan starts to fight him, but is disabled and knocked unconscious and Dooku's about to kill him. But Anakin gets up, gets Obi-Wan's lightsaber and double lightsaber fights Dooku. But Mm. Dooku just very easily cuts off Anakin's arm and force pushes him unconscious and Padme gets rescued. Now, the bit about this lightsaber fart, uh, fart, <laughs> lightsaber fart, <laughs> that's a, uh, this lightsaber part oh, <laughs> is that Christopher Lee, when they go to the wide shots, mm-hmm. like that's clearly not Christopher Lee doing all the stunts and the fighting. And it's just his poorly CGI'd face and head that's put on mm-hmm. to the fighter. And it's just so... And when you get the close-ups, it looks like they're just dancing with lights. Yeah, there's a lot <laughs> of... They're not doing it. They're just like... Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, there's like a sequence of maybe four or five of those back and forth of the like close-up lightsaber. Like, <laughs> it's ridiculous. And it's so dumb. It's like, I don't even think their lightsabers are touching. They're just like... Yeah. Oh, my God. They're just flirting. You know what? At that point, it's just like... I don't even notice anything. There you go. <laughs> you're, just, you're just so in it. But wait. Yeah. Because then we get... It's a wash. It's a wash. Anakin's arm gets cut off and he's force pushed and rendered unconscious. He conveniently lands like in Obi-Wan's armpit. Yeah. And we learn now why he has that, you know, robot hand. Yeah, it's lucky. There you go. Otherwise, I couldn't possibly have understood. And now Yoda appears... And they initially have like a force battle where they try and Dooku force throws something at Yoda and Yoda catches it and throws it away or throws it back. And then they have a force lightning battle where Yoda is able to throw the force lightning back the first time. And then the second time he just absorbs it. And it's revealed that Dooku is a former Padawan of Yoda. And then in what got a massive cheer when I saw it in the cinema, Yoda gets his lightsaber out and engages in a crazy flipping Mm. fight with Dooku. Which you have to imagine if they were still using the puppet. (laughs) Would be impossible. How fantastic. Frank Oz's arm like going. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So they engage in a lightsaber fight, but then Dooku force removes a big pillar, which is about to drop on Obi-Wan and Anakin. So Yoda disengages his lightsaber and saves the two Jedi. I mean, maybe if he hadn't have saved him, it would have all, everything would have worked out. True. 
Yeah, Dooku escapes, but not before Padme shoots some really meaningless shots at his ship. <laughs> I know. <laughs> and then Dooku arrives funny. back on the outskirts, or, or she arrives back on Coruscant and goes to like this shady industrial area where he meets Darth Sidious, who addresses him as Lord Tyrannus. And Sidious announces that the war has begun and that everything is going to plan. We Wait, but back. did you guys notice that Yoda got his cane back after his mm-hmm. fight? He had to use his cane. Apparently, originally, he was go. meant to walk uh. in and immediately start fighting, but the production crew thought it would look too jarring, so they convinced George Lucas to have him hobbling a bit at the beginning before he kind of gets all spry, because mm. they felt it's like, yeah, obviously, it's a strange transition. Okay. Yeah, one of the only things that George Lucas probably listens to from some yeah. of his crew. <laughs> So then we go back to Windu and Yoda and they agree they have to keep an eye on the Senate and that the shroud of the dark side has fallen and Yoda says begun, the Clone War has. Um, and then we see the clone armies amassing and boarding Star Destroyers or like kind of early versions of the Star Destroyers we know from the original trilogy. And there's a slight <laughs> undercurrent of the Empire's theme that starts to play as the Chancellor and the Senators, including Bail Organa, Jimmy Smits from West Wing, who Bail Organa is, later we find out, Leia's adopted father and leader of Alderaan. Just a bit of Boilers. Star Wars. Boiler, <laughs> Alex. Oh, shit, Jeez sorry. Louise. <laughs> He's looking on kind of sad and, yeah, sort of with a worried look on his face. And then finally we cut back to Naboo, back to the pol- lake uh, palatial lake house and Padme and Anakin are having a secret wedding ceremony on Naboo and Anakin has his robot hand and then they in a kind of echo of the shot that finished Empire Strikes Back where Luke and Leia are looking out into space with the droids here Anakin and Padme look out across the lake and that's the end of our film and then they have the ghoul like that last shot was really exciting so alex before we get to uh overall impressions which i feel i've kept mine very well hidden throughout so people are waiting with bated breath what like honestly i know you've clarified it a bit i apologize i am feeling quite stupid about this but i need to understand so django was used as the template for the clone army correct this guy whose name i keep forgetting many many years ago ordered the clone army from this planet sifo Dyas. okay the jedis didn't know about that Django clearly did know about that mm-hmm Django though then was working with what's his name christopher lee lord tyrannus count dooku to kill the senator count dooku looks very surprised when the clone army turns up with yoda yep why because was that clone armies really supposed to be for him no so he he is being played as well by the dark lord who controls the the senate because he says the dark lord controls the senate so but chris lee Lee knew about the clone army right that the jedis had ordered I don't think so, because I think his surprise is genuine so he because he's How leading- How would Django not tell him? Yeah, because doesn't Django work for him? Why Why would Django work for him and be involved with the clone army? Django's just hired to do the hit on the senator. 
So I guess maybe he wouldn't divulge that information. Mm. So Django's literally involved both with the Jedi's in building the clone army and with the and with Count Dooku. Yeah, just as being a henchman, basically. Yeah. Why would Django run away from the Jedi's? Because they know he tried to kill the senator, so they're trying to. Because he's doing justice for both sides. Oh, yeah. I see. I see. I see. I see. I have. You know what? I have many more questions, but I'm not going to ask them because I don't care. Okay. okay. <laughs> cool. Oh my God. <laughs> They're all to do with that. They're all to do with this unbelievably convoluted nature of who's working for who, who's backstabbing who, mm-hmm. who's... And the information I'm giving in this film tells me none of it. Like, really none yeah. of it. And I try to pay attention as much as I could. But, yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah, the only, I thing, mean, the only note I did miss was the Death Star. Like, I was kind of got near the end. I was like, oh, there's no Death Star in this one. That's cool. And then the plans for the Death Star turn up. I'm like, oh, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, to be honest like when you asked earlier and I gave you that sort of broad answer of what was going on is actually the kind of is as most as I know. It's something I've never kind of with a lot of the Don't other ones, I've in. looked into the expanded universe and the sort of stuff surrounding the stories. But this one I was just like, yeah, but you shouldn't need to like, it has you to be need to. Absolutely. Film. It yep. has to be in right. the film. And there's definitely none of this in the last one. So all we have right now is this. Because they haven't mentioned the clone army since those original films, where they mention it once, don't know, I think, and that's it. So it's like, or the clone, clone wars, anyway. Anyway, Christina, you're our little ray of sunshine. Give us your feelings. I actually enjoyed this a lot more than Phantom Menace. <laughs> I did. And you know what? I don't, there's just a lot more energy in this one. And yeah, you know what? I'm going to say it. I'm a sucker for romance, even if it's horribly bad, gut-wrenching, disgusting romance. I don't know. I just, maybe that's what made this film for me. I was entertained way more than I was from the last movie. That's great. Like, honestly, I love Alex's face right now. Just, just <laughs> Both of your faces. I'm, ha- I'm, I'm happy I'm not that saying, you have- I'm not saying it was good or great i'm not saying that it was easy to watch but (laughs) i myself enjoyed the weirdness of it way more than the last one i think that's completely valid like i said i know many people at the time when this came out they much preferred this one like i said a lot of them at the time it was just because you got to see a jedi battle at the end like lots of jedis were what most people like yeah that was I did like that, all the Jedi's coming together, and I did like that, you know, city. I know you didn't like it, mm. but I liked it. There's a couple of things that I enjoyed. That's great. So would you, okay, so you're saying you, you think it's a bad movie, but it's an enjoyable movie, basically. Would you recommend it then to people? I, I'm just saying it's better than the last movie. Okay, so you think it's better than Phantom Menace, but would you, you, you rec- did you recommend Phantom Menace? I'm forgetting now. I said I wouldn't. I don't, wouldn't want to watch it again. You said you. Oh yeah, no. You said you hated it. Actually, so you definitely did. <laughs> yeah. not I did. I hate. I really did. I did not like it. Okay. It was really hard for me to get through that one. So this is closer to this a recommendation. This one was a little easier for me. Okay. Okay. Well, when we get to the end, we can really get into. I which say one's just the- watch it. Just watch all the fucking movies. <laughs> if you're gonna watch one, watch them <laughs> just all. Just because you had to go through something doesn't mean everyone else has to, Christine. <laughs> <laughs> It's part of history. Yeah, well, that's true of literally all things. Alexander Chad, you've been so coy with your emotions so far. I'm really curious. 
Yeah, so like I said, at the I have been quiet because I just kind of wanted to get through those scenes and just, yeah, get to this point. Like I said at the start, I had no recollection of how I felt going into this when I first saw it. I remembered some specific points about the film, but I also, coming into it now, had no sort of sense of anticipation. If, if I'm honest, I felt a little bit of dread going into it. And that was all justified. I think this is such an <laughs> awful, 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 awful film. It is like it's it's even worse than I remember. It is so bad. It, is it worse than Phantom Menace? Uh, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> oh god! I think like the the sort of what Al was talking about before, but like the story of the Phantom Menace in in a kind of broad sweep is is much more simple and a, li- a little tighter, if I can say that. The thing I like about Phantom Menace is that it's still, like, it's still, although, what did you say before? It was like 13 minutes of non-CGI or something like that in Phantom Menace. But there were still some location pieces. There were still some sets, not many, but enough that it sort of still gave it a bit of charm that reflected the originals, you know. And this was just, I think you said it at the start, I went, backwards like with the green screen and the cgi it is just it is just awful to look at like i it is just awful and then it's just so poorly written and so poorly directed like just every choice is just it's just bad like i i I really struggled to get through it and the thing is like with phantom menace there were bits that that were fun that that would at least kind of engage me to get to the end. Christina's shaking her head adamantly. <laughs> yeah, and I mean in this in this there's just it's there's nothing. I don't like anyone in it. So why do I want to watch it? I don't like any of the characters. I you know, it's yeah, I did not enjoy this. I did not enjoy returning to it and I think it's pretty clear why I haven't returned to it for a long time. It just doesn't. It it doesn't hold up and in the arc of of this Anakin story, much like I said about the first one, it doesn't add anything. It, it's stuff that we don't need to know or need to see, really, that couldn't be covered in, in, like, this whole Anakin story, I feel, could be told in one film really well. So, yeah, I'm not going to recommend this film. It's awful. It's just really bad, which is really, <laughs> which is really sad. Which is really <laughs> sad because I am... Yeah, I'm a massive Star Wars fan, and this just you came in with open arms, like you wanted you wanted to like it. Yeah, I wanted to like it, and there's like even the Jedi part, like yeah, maybe I think I was maybe a bit excited when I first saw it to see all the Jedi fighting, but watching it now, like there's it just doesn't do anything. It's not it's actually not exciting or dynamic. And I was like watching the Jedi in the background and they're just like awkwardly swinging at things or like stabbing down at these poor, poorly CGI robots and stuff. And it just looks, it's shit. (laughs) 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 I really don't like this film. I'm not going to, I won't go as, uh, maybe I already did and I didn't realize. I won't go as far as saying I hate it because ultimately it's still part of this universe that I really love and that i'm just so like invested in and but 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 i just don't like this film at all i don't think it's very good so don't watch it i will go as f- you loved it Al. i will you go loved as it. far to say that i hate it i fucking hate 
this film so much. I've just in this podcast show, I've gone through Friday the 13th part five. I've gone through Nightmare part six, which you recommended, Alex. You remember that one <laughs> where Freddy Krueger's the, the wicked the witch of the Jews, east. Right? Yeah. yeah, fun, fun. A couple of weeks ago, just for my own pain, self-inflicted pain, I watched the Leprechaun series because I'd never seen all of them. This, and I'm being very deadly serious, this isn't for humor's sake, this is the closest I've ever come to wanting to quit doing these shows. I had my phone in my hand last night about three times to go to text you guys to say I'm calling all of this off because I'm not going to get through this movie. And if I can't get through this movie, I don't know how I'm going to do the next one, which I've never been able to get through. This one I've seen before because I was in cinemas. This one I hated so much. I remembered that I never managed to like, I didn't go to cinemas for the third one. And then when I tried to five times, I couldn't get through the first 10 minutes of it even. I think. Oh God, I'm so excited. No, but like, so okay, but let me now. get it to that. Because the first, like Phantom Menace is 6.5 and IMDb, this one is 6.6. Revenge of the Sith is 7.6. Most people herald it as the best of this trilogy. So, like, I appreciate... I'm hoping... I'm really hoping I'm wrong. Because if I wanted to quit on this one, I don't know if it's as how my memory recalls it, how I'll get through the third one. I literally... Like, I dug deep with The Phantom Menace. I really did. Like, I... I have very fond memories already now of that film because of how horrible this film is. <laughs> I remember the pod racing scene with so much joy now. Darth Maul doing his lightsaber stuff with so much joy. Even the flat lack of chemistry between Liam Neeson and Ewan McGregor feels like a warm childhood memory to me after watching this movie. What about Jar Jar? I embrace Jar Jar. That's how much I hate this fucking movie. I find nothing of any joy in any crevice in this film and i honest to god like watching it last night i don't know if i've ever hated anything as much i'm sure i have and sometimes for like political reasons or artistic reasons but just for devoid of anything it's so pointless like i hate american sniper but for political reasons i hate suicide squad but for inept reasons this i hate because it's just vapid like every inch of it there's nothing happening here that's of any interest on a visual realm, a script realm, a character realm, anything. But certainly not an effects realm. And I'm presuming the lead character I'm meant to be giving a shit about is Anakin. And oh my god, I just want to drown him in every single scene. I just, I can't comprehend. And God bless you, Christina. I love you for getting joy, for wringing joy out of this. I love you so much. I can't comprehend how anyone can get anything out of this film I, other than the, just the desire to kill yourself because I just, I, it was so insufferably hard for me to get through this movie. And I watch a lot of shit. A lot of shit. <laughs> it just feels like a fan movie that was made with absolutely no, no, no creative quality whatsoever. Just, just oh, we, we have a friend who has a green screen room. All right, let's just go and make this shit up as we go along. And we'll work it out later. And I hate it. I hate it so much. Yeah. I'm trying to think right now of one thing. And I think I mentioned one thing that I liked, didn't I, at some point? Was there anything nice? No, not that. No. They no. weren't as racist in this one. It was a little less racist. That's that was, true. That was all right. 
That's cool. Yeah, they went back to some more creature languages, which was kind of cool. Oh, no, that one line, after all these years, we were beginning to think you weren't coming. That was my favorite bit in the movie. That oh, one yeah, sentence. you like that. Because yeah. for a second, I had hope that they had some cool plan going on that would be interesting. And instead, the plan they had going on is this nonsense about a clone army that makes no sense to me whatsoever. And it's, it's arguably, and we'll get there when we get there, but just inconsequential. But yeah, let's get there when we get there. So that's a not recommend from me. <laughs> we'll be back. <laughs> we'll hopefully be back. I don't know if I, could, if I get through it in the next episode with Revenge of the Sith, which is the last of these prequels. And then we get to the animated Clone Wars film and then we get into all the new films, which I'm... How many more do we have? We've got Revenge of the Sith. We've got the Clone Wars animated movie. Then we've got Force Awakens, Rogue One, and then... What we're heading towards the last Jedi in cinemas is December. Oh my god. So we're five, five more movies. Yeah, we're halfway through. Halfway through. <laughs> <laughs> you like this one though, Christina. Why are you crying? <laughs> only because I hated the last one so bad. Like, we've watched five movies and only one of them have you hated so far. So that's pretty good, isn't it? There you go. There you go. Silver linings. Yeah, if you want to hear more of this stuff, head over to wearegeeks.com, wearegeeks.com, and you can head on out to all of our social medias, to our iTunes, where you can subscribe to us and rate us, and you can listen to our Friday 13th shows, our Nightmare on Elm Street, Texas Chainsaw, we're doing Child's Play right now, horror stuff goes up every single Friday, but we do some non-horror stuff, we've done Danny Boyle, we're doing this, and then every Tuesday we do a weekly podcast, Geeks, where we talk about topical games and movie shows. You can also link out to our publishing company, wearetessellate.com. We're a production company run out of London, Tokyo, and LA making movies. And we're just finishing up our first movies right now. You can learn all about that on our website and on our weekly podcast. I've been your host, Mr. Al White, on all the social medias and on Xbox. I'm going to be playing some of that Battlefront 2 because I tell you what, Alex, nothing about these prequels has ever been done as well as you were saying in the last episode as that, <laughs> that, 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 that video game. So that's, that's the way I want to interact with these, these films. Alex, how can people send you things that you won't reply to? You can get me on Twitter or Instagram at Alexander Chard. Tell me what you think of Attack of the Clones. Yeah, genuinely, please do reach out. I know people love this film. Some people really love it. And I want to know why. I'm, I mean it. I'm sincerely interested why people love Because Christina's tried to explain to me and all I heard was noise. Christina... <laughs> <laughs> you said something Thanks, about Al. the romance and then i started going numb inside <laughs> <laughs> how could people talk to you on the social medias you could tweet me or insta me at underscore hi christina that's that, that can i just that. add one can Eeks. i just add one more thing yes you can just what? just to close out if you're ever on a beach and you're with your loved one tell them how much you hate sand <laughs> And that you prefer things that are soft and smooth, gaze in their eyes and rub their back. And it won't go, it won't go wrong, especially if it's someone you've never kissed before. (laughs) (laughs) While staring at them like you're going to rape them, basically. (laughs) Perfect. Thank you so much, guys, for joining me. I appreciate it. We'll see you on the next episode. Until then, we are out. Geeks. Geeks. Geeks.